Hi, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Jeremy. And welcome to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I discuss our favorite childhood movies. This is gonna be fun. We can stay up late, swapping manly stories, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. Since we were kids, we've been obsessed with movies and have found ourselves always speaking to each other in movie quotes. To the point that we formed many inside jokes, or as we like to call them, Inside, inside quotes. quotes. That was bloody brilliant. Each episode, my brother and I will be taking turns picking a movie to rewatch, review, and relive the magic of our childhood. Hmm. I know some of these words. We hope you'll join us for the ride, and maybe we'll make a few inside quotes of our own. Enjoy the show! And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Hey guys, you want to play a game of I Spy? Oh yeah. Sure. Uh, I Spy something silver. Uh, microphone. Oh, you got it. All right, Jesse, your turn. Um, I Spy <laughs> something with knobs and a little red light. Oh, uh, microphone. Now you got it. Your turn. Uh, okay. I Spy something round and long. Microphone. Oh, you. Oh, that's it. Your turn, eh? <laughs> oh, you no, you cheated, eh? I spy something. That's got to be a microphone, eh? You're reading my mind. Oh, you take off, Holzer. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the fifth episode of Inside Quotes. I'm your host, Jeremy. I'm Jonathan, and we are joined today with our first guests ever, the boys from the Secret Language Podcast, Jesse and Matt Vaughn. Howdy. So. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. So, this week, it was my turn, and I chose the movie Brother Bear. And I know you both love that movie. It's like we're two sets of brothers. We're two sets of brothers. So, to start out, what was going through y'all's head, y'all's mind, whenever I said we were going to cover Brother Bear? I was very excited. It's like one of my favorite movies. I was a little surprised, because you told me it was a Joaquin Phoenix movie. Yep. And I was not aware of that. I, yeah, I just found out last yeah, week that me this is Joaquin Phoenix's best film. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, so Joaquin actually has a quote about he was he was being interviewed about this movie before they released it. He was doing the press tour, and he was talking about how about his uh, Oscar nomination for The Gladiator, and how he was more excited about being an animated bear. For Disney than getting an Oscar nomination for the Gladiator. That's crazy. Forever immortalized as a cartoon bear. You know, Brother Bear was actually nominated for Best Animated Picture. Animated or animated? Yeah, this movie definitely gets hated on for sure. I don't know why, but uh, I think because <laughs> it came out in two thousand three, same year as Finding Nemo, and Finding Nemo at the time had been like the greatest animation ever. I think this was one of the last, like, 2D animated movies. Like, it's not the last, but it's, like, one of the last. I think the ne- the last one was, like, Home on the Range, and that came out, like, the next year, 2004. Yeah. That was a terrible movie. Well, Princess and the Frog. Princess and the Frog. Yeah. They had, like, made some big announcement, like, oh, we're moving to CGI from now on, and then a few years later, they went back and did that. But This movie, after the Disney Renaissance, they kind of, like, a lot of the movies that they were pushing out just kind of started sucking. <laughs> like the dis- Disney Disney Pointment era. 
features like Home on the Range, Chicken Little, Atlantis, which was a great movie. I will say that. Atlantis was good. It was good. But it's all of these movies, like even Lilo and Stitch has been put into the mediocre category. Oh, I love that one. What Treasure Planet. Yeah. Treasure Planet, yeah, that one, and Country Bears of all of them. Oh, you love you some Country Bears. <laughs> Me and Jonathan love Country Bears. Love it. And I can't wait to record that episode. That's like a movie yeah, we're going to wait on because we have so much respect for that movie. We want to get better at podcasting before we do that episode. Before we start out, do you guys have any childhood memories that you have associated with this particular movie? The big one that comes to mind, actually, is the little bit we did at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, when this, when we started watching this a lot, our youngest brother was very impressionable, and we'd be on car rides, and he would do that exact thing. Yeah, where he'd be like, "I spy something tall and green," and he would do that every single time. <laughs> it's true. I always, was, we were actually the last time we watched this, Justin and I talked about it. We always associated Sitco with Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah, yeah, because he's got the hair and like the goatee. And he gets cremated. Like, all of that puts him right into the Qui-Gon category. Gets cremated. You gotta think, though. Like, at age six? At age six, I'd never seen a human body being burned before. No, yeah. You see two characters that look alike, and this happens. It just, yeah. So, I mean, now that I'm old and I see people cremated all the time, it probably won't strike me as much. But back then, it did. Oh, well, back up, back up, back up. <laughs> How many times have you seen a human being cremated? So what's your favorite part of the What's your part-time? Oh, you, you <laughs> just got dark. You work, you work part-time at the morgue. I got an internship. <laughs> oh, boy. He didn't start the fire. The, the trouble with working at the morgue, though, is like there's not a lot of people there. So if you ever want to move up, you pretty much have to wait for someone to die. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's too good. Oh, man. That's terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. A bunch of squids. Oh, big nose. Holes <laughs> face. That one, that one hits home for Matt and I, actually. Oh, you went too far that time. What about you, Matt? Do you have any childhood? Other than the Qui-Gon Jinn. Really. Yeah. Okay. Kind of uh, what about you, Jonathan? So, when I was preparing for the this episode, I was trying to think of, like, the last time I even saw this movie, and I feel like it's been, like, 15 years like maybe I've seen it like a couple years after it came out. It's probably the last time. But one of the things I did remember is I know you used to have it on DVD. And I remember that like mm. something happened to that case. Like oh, it yes. got like torn yes. up or something. And we had like we printed out the label in black and white and got a new DVD case or something. And we just had the original yeah. disc. And so that's how I remember. That's <laughs> that's how crazy particular me and Jonathan are with our movies. If hey. If the case breaks... You throw the whole thing away, or you fix it. Yeah, we don't keep like don't, no paper sleeves for us, Jones. We don't boys. keep just random discs around. Yeah, <laughs> it's the it's the worst thing ever. I had roommates who did that my freshman year at FC, and it turns out I ended up with someone else's copy of The Dark Knight because they put that DVD in my case. Wow! Hey, someone stole my copy of The Dark Knight at college. I don't know; it just disappeared. It's the only one. So my childhood memory I have with this was definitely that it's one of my cases that got either rolled over or got stepped on and it cracked and broke. And that made me very sad. But this is one of my first like film debates that I ever had. And this movie came out in 2003 and I was in either kindergarten or first grade. One of my friends growing up, Ryan Chesson, 
he was he had one arm and he was a cool kid and we were uh finding nemo had, finding nemo had just come out that summer um so during the school year i probably this seems like a november when what when did this movie come out it was like in the fall uh, november probably november first um i remember seeing it and coming back to school that weekend and it was snack time. <laughs> it's coming back to school that weekend. No, the next week. We had snack time, and our teacher, Miss Kim, gave us the weirdest snack ever. It was just a piece of bread with butter and honey on it. Not, it was just like a normal piece of toast, but without the toast. <laughs> Hold the just toast. Bread. And everybody loved it, but it was so weird now that I think about it. Anyways, that's what we were eating at the time. And we were discussing, that because we had both seen it over the weekend, I was like, wow, this movie is so great. And we just kind of debated over like if Finding Nemo was better or not. And this is like two six-year-olds debating on like parts of the movie, of parts of movies that are better mm. than each other. Like I was born to be a film critic, apparently. <laughs> um, now you've made it. <laughs> now I've made it. Um, that's about it. I know he was definitely a Finding Nemo fan. because. He was wrong. No, here's the no. He wasn't. I mean, it's a different. There's a difference. The reason he liked Finding Nemo is because he could relate to Nemo because he only had one arm, and he had a mess. He had like a he had half of another arm, so he had his lucky fin. So we would like say we would go for high fives and say lucky fin. <laughs> no, he was a cool sport. We weren't making no, fun of like, him. Like in a good way. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. He was like yeah. your best friend yeah. for a long he was, time, right? He, he was. Yeah. Shout out to Ryan Chesson if you're still alive. <laughs> Hit me up. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's my memory. One of the first things I noticed when the movie started was the aspect ratio. Did you catch that? I caught that this time. Only this time. John, I have never that? noticed that in the past. And I only noticed it this time just because I actually watched the behind the scenes on this before I watched the movie. So it spoiled it for me. <laughs> but they made a big deal about that. Me and Jonathan were also those kids that would watch the special features and deleted scenes on every DVD we would get, no matter what. We were weird. <laughs> yeah, apparently it was one of the last movies to use that 2.35 to 1. It started out... Wait, what are you talking about? The Explain aspect more ratio? into this aspect ratio. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know if you're saying the same thing I was going to say. If you watch it at the beginning of the beginning of the movie, it starts... You've got all Basically, black full space screen all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 And then at a certain point, it just goes back to full as screen. soon as as soon as he um, becomes a bear becomes a bear during the transformation scene. Yeah. It's all like full screen, like one one eight five ratio, and then as soon as he wakes up as a bear, it widens out to f- the biggest widescreen there is. I guess at the time, that's that's straight up symbolism there. You don't see Lion King doing that. Like you see, like the just on a really basic level, the color like explodes. Yeah, you know, yeah. You go from the dark like funeral scene, right? To- it was also yeah at night too, so that helped a lot. Okay, so here we go. This is the last time until Wreck It Ralph released nine years later for a Walt Disney Animation Studios. Only film. nine years. Only nine years. When did Wreck It Ralph come out? Two thousand twelve. Oh. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, it was the last Disney Animation Studios film to be shot in the 2.35 to 1 aspect ratio. Although it is the only it is only the last time that the studio made a traditionally animated film with this aspect ratio. Interesting. Huh. 
So I wanted to ask, do you, do you guys That's... think that it was like effective? Because I didn't even notice that as a kid. <laughs> it was effective kid, this no. time. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I feel like that was probably something that was like lost on all the kids watching. But as far as like, I think it does, it is a pretty cool idea, the symbolism of it and everything and how they, like you were saying, mm-hmm. was they, um, you know, he saw things differently when he turned into the bear and the colors were brighter and there was kind of more clarity and opened up wider, but yeah. Um, I appreciate that now as an adult coming back because most all Disney movies have a certain rewatchability. Can you, oh, did you unplug that? I hear myself again. Daddy needs his juice. Daddy needs his juice. Speaking of, we got more coffee. He wires through everything. We got a, we got a, uh, we got a Clark Griswold's situation over here. I've got two cups that of coffee. That could be someone peeing. That could be someone Show that to the microphone so that everybody can see you. This is good podcasting. <laughs> Do we need sugar? Daddy needs his juice. You know what I mean? Um. So what were you saying, Jonathan? I was saying something about, um. oh, how adults, okay. I appreciate... That them doing that for the adults because I mean that's one of Disney's strengths is having a rewatchability factor for making sure the parents and the kids both enjoy it. Um, I'm not sure all parents would understand that, but it's good for us yeah. at least. Another thing was the jokes that were said in this were kind of very they're very simple, but just for kids really. Yeah. Um, I still appreciated it because I'm still a kid at heart, but I know some people would be really mad I don't at think the that lack of trying. Is- I don't think the kid movies have to have sophisticated adult humor in it. I will say that the the joke with the like the Rams where they're like arguing with themselves with the echo. Hey, shut up. No, you shut up. No, you shut up. Hey, will you shut up? No. Just shut up. I like did not find that funny like at all this time, but I remember I used to think that was hilarious the really? first time I watched it, and this time I was like, uh, yeah, I, I, would, I don't really care I, for that. I would get in trouble for quoting that because we weren't really allowed to say "shut up." Same in school. That's why I still think yeah. it's funny. <laughs> I I liked as an adult, I liked the part where he's saying "you shut up," but then his echo says "no, you shut up." He just adds the "no," like it's a whole other person. Like he's actually. Talking to another ram. Okay, actually, <laughs> just some good good. There, there is one adult joke in there. Um, it's, it's the it's the moose. They they're talking about oh this calls for like a a big pile of golden weed on a bed of malted oh, hops. Yeah. yeah, it's a beer joke. Have you all seen SCTV before? Ever heard of that? It was like SNL. It was kind of like, but it was like pre-recorded. But um, Rut and and Took are played by Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas. Rhett and Tuke were playing the same like characters from this SCTV show, the McKenzie brothers, Bob and Doug McKenzie. And it was like, they were just like Canadians doing some like show in their basement, much like us, except not in our basement or Canadian. They basically like drank beer and like picked a topic. And that was basically it. (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about that opening brothers scene where they're just like sled canoeing down the mountain. Part of the reason (laughs) this movie means so much to me is because I grew up with two younger brothers. Mm-hmm. So I'm always very easily connected to the characters, being that like I've got two younger brothers that mm-hmm. we grew up very close. So that whole scene is just great. I always pictured... Um, so we have four boys in our family. Um, I'm the youngest, Jonathan's the second. Just because of like 
how angsty Justin was growing up. I always put him in the Denahi Denahi spot. He would be the one that comes like comes after you with a spear. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I pictured Jonathan as being Kenai if we had to assign one. And I was like, who am I gonna be? And then Coda comes along and I was like, Yeah, I'm definitely the annoying little kid that won't stop talking. <laughs> one of the notes that I wrote down, um, it just says Rut forgets about the trap so that the plot can happen. Who? The moose. He's like, oh, I wouldn't go that way. He's like, why not? And then he gets strung up in the trap. He's like, I don't remember, and they walk off. If he doesn't get caught in the trap, he doesn't meet Coda, that's, and none of it happens. That's very true. Actually, wow. I have something to add to that. Because <laughs> uh, on the IMDb trivia, it says that there's a commentary for this movie by Rut and Took. Like, they do the commentary for the movie. Huh, kind of like Lion King one and a in half. That, Obviously, I didn't watch it or listen to it, but apparently in that, um, they made the the comment that... I have it written down. I'm trying to find it. It says, in the DVD commentary, Rut and Toot comment that if Kenai had bothered to tie up the basket of fish properly, it's possible that most of the movie would never have happened. I concur. <laughs> what if these boys were in Scouts? I don't think Kenai would have made Eagle Dude. because he can't even tie his knots right. <laughs> now he would survive... Forever in the wilderness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he did. How long was that? Does this whole movie take place? Like, it's another note I wrote down. Go the for it. Facial hair. Yeah, it says, Denahi has a mustache to show that time has passed. It's not like the next day. They're proving that, like, yeah. oh, it's been a week. See, he has a mustache now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how long of a journey it was to the mountain, but, like, there's a considerable amount of time. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to our next segment of explain this movie in three words or less. So I wrote down a few different variations. I didn't really come up with a very good one, but I guess the top one that I have yep. was bears like salmon. The other alternate one I had was live your totem. Mine's more of a joke. I can't take credit for it. Sarah said it when we watched it last night. Okay. But it's just one word. Ancestors. <laughs> what? Ancestors. Ancestors. <laughs> Ancestors. Okay, I get that. You know, they've got the cave wall, and Tanana's talking about your ancestors have all put their hand up here. Mm-hmm. And Sarah just goes, Ancestors. That's perfect. What'd you have? Um, dumb one, Harry Bear Boy. Harry Bear Boy. <laughs> That's good. Um, but I like a bit actual, probably like community. Because you've got like Kenai wants to be a part of his culture. Mm-hmm. He struggles to find his place in his family, finds a family at the Bears. And it's like different levels. What about you, Jeremy? Well, I, I was struggling because I like the whole brothers all the same, but that's that's four words. Um, so I came up with Lion King, semicolon, better. <laughs> Fair. With a question mark? No question mark. No question mark. This is a hot take, but I think all four of us believe this. Um, we think Brother Bear is better than Lion King. Ooh. Amen. False. Amen? Uh, yeah. False? Ooh. You know, actually, I was thinking that there are two scenes in that movie that remind me of Lion King. The antelope scene. The and, antelope well, scene. the caribou scene. Yeah, the caribou. And you know what the other one is? Um, They're crossing that lava thing. And the elephant oh, graveyard yeah. thing. It's like the graveyard. Yeah. In the same studio actually made... Uh, Lilo and Stitch. It's the animation studio in Orlando. They made like yeah. three movies and then that mm-hmm. was it. And they closed that one down. Hey, when you got three like 
don't know what the third one is, but like you get three dingers. I think it was Mulan, I think. Oh, dude, either Mulan or Atlantis, I think. Wait. It was Mulan, uh, Lilo and Stitch, and the last one was Brother Bear. You don't need to make any more. Yeah, those are like my three favorites. Yeah. Seriously. Like you peaked. Are there any other good Disney movies after this? Uh, probably Ice Age, Continental Drift. <laughs> <laughs> but Jeremy, you're forgetting Brother Bear 2. No, I'm not. <laughs> I After finishing this movie, it already loaded on Disney Plus, uh, Brother Bear 2. And I was like, you know what? I've never seen it. It's a straight-to-DVD home video. I'll give it a shot. I made it three minutes, and then I turned it off. <laughs> it sucked. Okay, side note. Something I thought they did really well was they were able to merge like 3D animated parts with like the 2D drawn stuff yeah. seamlessly. Yeah. Like there's a lot of movies where it's like all 2D. There's like one like car that's 3D and it's like it looks horrible. Mm-hmm. But like there's a few scenes where like the salmon or like the like the caribou are yeah. 3D and you can hardly tell at all. Just the water moving too. There's only right. one bad one, I think. It's not even terrible. Which but it's when he's about to get transformed. You got all the clouds coming in. Mm-hmm. There's one shot of those where it's not excellent. But even that's not bad. Yeah. yeah. I I read the, the apparently the scene at the um at the river run or whatever with the bears. People are saying that the bears were like supposed to be animated like the country bears. And it kind of they kind of looked similar, but when I pulled up like an image of it after the fact and I was like, I don't know. It it didn't look like it was like, oh, it's the exact characters or anything like that. They had the they had the old couple like the old lovers. Um, <laughs> Quick, tell everyone I'm dead. Um, they had the Russian bear. <laughs> I'm not proud of this, but I went to Google Translate and translated what he said. <laughs> What's it say? Oh, I don't have my phone. Um, um, okay. We'll now pause for a brief intermission. Okay, so I go, I take a screenshot of all the subtitles, I pop it in to Google Translate. It's not even Russian. I typed it in and it didn't, it automatically detected it as Croatian. Oh, close enough. I don't know why it's Croatian, but, and I don't know why a Croatian bear would be in Alaska or Canada touching Russia, so it'd be more like... Alaska touches Russia. Land Land, Land bridge. But Croatia isn't near Russia. Near Italy. It was a really big land bridge. <laughs> really? I think they had someone in the studio who can speak Croatian and they just went with that. <laughs> okay. Prelazo Prego Omek of the Legend of the Jedavo Preservil Jev Deadfa. Oh, yeah. Oh, take yeah. off, hoser. Um, <laughs> that translates into I almost froze as I passed over the huge iceberg. It was something I barely survived. Barely! Uh, <laughs> barely. <laughs> it was a oh, Croatian pun. Hidden jokes, man. The, that was the funniest thing, because like, all the English-speaking bears were like, oh, they're being fake with them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sitka turns Kenai into a bear mm-hmm. because he's trying to do his whole leadership thing. He's trying to be the big, big brother. You know, learn a lesson. Yeah, he's trying to teach him how to love and to live with his totem. But I feel like there's some, there's a lack of foresight on his side. Wouldn't he know how 
Denahi's going to react to that. If the one bear disappears... He was teaching Denahi a lesson up. as well. Yeah, but I get that, and the end kind of reveals that, that mm-hmm. they're both learning a lesson through this. But my problem is that he waits till, like, the last second... He could have died, dude. Till it's, like, Sitka <laughs> ex machina. It's risky. He, he lets them get about as close to death as they both can get before he, like, swoops in and saves the day. I mean, I think that's part of, like, the journey Denahi has to make. Because yeah. if he just, like, shows up, and then immediately he turns from a bear to his brother, it's like, I got a spear, man. What am I supposed to do with this now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would yeah. be... It wouldn't make the the climax what it is, but... I never I just really... I felt like that's some bad leadership. Yeah, I mean, he's dead, me. so <laughs> yeah. there's only so much you can do. <laughs> um, I never felt sorry for Denahi. I was like, oh, he's the, he's, the, he's the villain for sure now. But watching it this time, I really felt for him. Yeah. I, was, I pretty much sided with him the no, whole he's time. My, he's my favorite character. Because I think... Hot take. Sit, yeah, Sitka has to teach Kenai to follow his totem, and he's never tried. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, he gives up. Danahi, after Sitka dies, he's trying to follow his totem. He's like, we shouldn't kill the bear. I'm trying to be wise. Mm-hmm. And it's not until he loses Kenai that he rejects his totem and decides to take vengeance. So, like, mm-hmm. he has a lot more of, like, a muddy path. Just imagine losing two of your only brothers in the same night. That's why, Same weekend or whatever. Yeah. See, that's why I can relate to that. Like, I can't relate to that. Obviously, my brother's right here. <laughs> but, you know, looking back at it now, I can definitely see that. It's, if if both of my brothers were to die that way, I'd have... And cremated. Yeah, I mean, I would have just... No, neither of them were cremated. Just one of them. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just... Are it would have been... Me? Cremated through the, the Northern Lights. Yeah. Uh, there was one thing I was thinking about with this, as far as it being um, Joaquin Phoenix, like doing the voice, because I didn't know if this like movie had any more like meaning to him because his brother died in real life because his brother was an actor, River, River Phoenix, and he died oh, tragically. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't know if there was like, if he had like used that for his like, you know, getting into character or anything like that. Probably. Wow, I didn't. I never thought of that. He's a method actor. He just uses his own life. That's like the most perfect observation I've ever heard on this podcast. Try and get one in every now and then. I kind of noticed a weird cinematic style. You wouldn't see this normally in animation, but during the action sequences, there was sort of like a shaky cam. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it in my head. Aspect to it, yeah. Speaking of the action sequences we counted the other night, there's like five or six different like cliff falling scenes. (laughs) They fall (laughs) off so many cliffs. Oh, yeah, people falling off the edges all the time. Well, I mean, it's not to sit and it's, like, really serious. Mm-hmm. But, like, during the whole chase, like, there's, like, five or six different times where, like, Danaki falls off down the river, mm-hmm. Kenai falls, like, three different times. Just That's, like, an amplifier of the action <laughs> part of the story. There do be a lot of cliffs, though. <laughs> <laughs> they really do be falling. <laughs> um... I actually wrote that in my notes that um, Sika's funeral is such a solemn scene, just like Qui Gon Jinn's. Yeah, but which one was destroyed, the master or the apprentice? <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Go. <laughs> no, 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 say no, no, no. it. It would have been a more tragic scene had they edited in the Lego Yoda death noise <laughs> as he fell. 
So like Sip is falling, you're like the So all like all like the side characters that weren't really main, all the side characters I've noticed were all like there's either two rams or there's two moose or meese. And like the chipmunks were together. There every side character had a brother with them. Had a counterpart. A counterpart, but they were all assuming they were brothers. Yeah. And there's only like one female that actually speaks in this entire movie, and that's Tanana. Other than like the, the, the two bears. Old lady bears. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and yeah. The, and the lover bear. And the young bear. Yeah. But the like. The line is, no, you're <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the other line, I, I also did that other line of the, the Croatian bear. He said his second line was, he was commenting on those lover bears, and he's like, I'm so sick of them. <laughs> anyway, so that's all to say. Put that over sick his death. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm actually a little offended he said that. Hey, hot take. Ooh, we, we haven't made this into a segment, but we recast. Um, we were going to recast all the characters if Disney were to redo this. Like, we did it Why for a say? goofy movie. Mm-hmm. And we casted, like, three people. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> but this one would be a lot easier. It's so cute. We could still keep Joaquin Phoenix, because he'd be the bear. You'd have to have someone else playing the younger one. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, that point, you got to keep the voice actors the same. Just get so, somebody that sounds like Joaquin uh, Phoenix. Pedro Pascal needs to do Danahi. That was like, <laughs> did y'all talk about this before? No, but as soon as he said it, I put it together. Oh, huh. okay. He's in a lot of stuff, but most recently, he's he's the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. He's really good at being like a scrappy, troubled character. Maybe get Carl Weathers to play himself. So we'll just get the cast of the Mandalorian <laughs> to just narrator. remake this. <laughs> I just want the uh, the old lady from Nacho Libre. <laughs> Oh. To be Tanana. That would not be bad. Um, oh, wait, who'd you say Carl Weathers should be? Himself. Just <laughs> <laughs> so walking know. through the woods. I know, like, the ethnicity is obviously a problem. I don't know any, like, Inuit actors, but. I'm going to Google that. Um, Inuit yeah. actors. But, uh, James Franco, if you guys ever saw the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh, yeah. Big he's fans. He's like a very, very rugged cowboy. Like first time, like a wilderness survival guy. <laughs> yeah, I want to say Adam Driver just because he's my favorite, but I couldn't really put him into the character. Sick, I know what I have to do, but I don't have the strength to do it. <laughs> Get a Hayden Christensen. You turned her against me. You turned her against me. You will try. <laughs> You will try. <laughs> That's some great delivery. That's really good. Thank you. Let's just do Star Wars impressions for the rest of the night. Spinning. That's a good trick. I'll try spinning. <laughs> Any of the deliveries from Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 3? Gonna cry? You know, I'm somewhat <laughs> yeah. of a scientist myself. I'm gonna put some, I'm gonna put some dirt in your eye. <laughs>
You're trash, Brock. <laughs> the, the time where he uh, punches Mary Jane in the face at <laughs> the jazz bar. <laughs> I just googled the word actors. Did anything come up? <laughs> Sam Elliott can play the big bear. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, because... Uh, He's just so small. He's got that voice. The original guy's dead. I did think of something interesting at the end here. Yeah. So if the whole point was to get Kenai to embrace his totem, the way for him to do that was Sitka basically gave him a younger brother. Yeah. And that's something that he couldn't have experienced, really, because he was the youngest out of those three characters. I know, Matt, you can speak to it. Jonathan, you can speak to it. Jeremy, you're just on your own here. No, I kind of learned this lesson when uh, our nephew Lawrence was born. Okay. Well, you get the idea. Um, like, as an older brother, you love your younger siblings a lot, and you show that by spending time with them. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, when you're a kid, it's definitely different. Because, like, hanging out with your younger brother is not, like, the cool thing to do. But you do it because you love him. Now, unless, as you get older, that changes. Little, unless your little brother's cooler than you. In my case. <laughs> yeah. In our case, Will is cooler than us, and Matt is cooler than me. But, yeah, yeah I, 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 I found that interesting that... <laughs> yeah, Jesse, you're not very cool. I know. <laughs> I just found that interesting that that's how he gave him that knowledge of how to use his totem was to give him a younger brother. And him being the youngest of the three, he couldn't have picked up on that. It's the story of a boy. Mm. Became a man by becoming a bear. Another thing about this, Phil Collins is very hated on for this movie. I don't know why. Why? Because, okay, so he got angry, or he got annoyed that he wasn't going to be singing all the songs that he wrote. Because he had never written anything for somebody else, um, he did such a good job with Tarzan, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, so like, there's two songs where we don't really want need you to sing." After he like already recorded, and he was like, "Well, okay." He he was just he was annoyed with it, but he was a good sport about it. Um, but because of that, some people think that he was being a little turd. Um. But this is his second Disney film and his first movie score he's ever been in charge of. And I thought he knocked it out of the park. But some people don't think that these songs are very memorable. The only ones I really remembered were um, Great Spirits and then On My Way. I recognize, oh, uh, shoot, The Salmon Run. What's that one called? Welcome to Our Family. Yeah, I remember that. Those three songs were iconic. Those are really the only like the big three ones at all. Yeah, there's the one where he tells Coda that he killed his mom. Oh, that's true. I don't like that Brother story. Bear, yeah. I know I let you down. Oh, and they do like the them the fading thing. into the background and fading out. Yeah, and then like the whole camera's going around them all during the whole song. That's an interesting way to say that because like we already knew the story and how it had happened, and if they he had just explained it to him again. Well, it would have been really off. redundant. Huh? On their way to the salmon run, he's fixing to tell a story. Mm-hmm. He says, it was the fifth or sixth coldest night. And he said, how about we save this for later? Yeah. could have figured that out way long yeah. ago. But connected to what Jonathan said earlier, Kenai kind of has his own synopsis. It's pretty telling. He says, there's a story I need to tell you 
about a man and about a bear, but really it's about a monster. Right. And it's like, ooh. Yeah, I do like that scene a lot because it, it does show, it just kind of like shows Coda's expressions on his face as he's kind of like realizing. Oh. And that's kind of like very emotional. Heart. And it's not coming back. Whenever, whenever everybody found out, like when Kenai finds out, that's when the viewer's supposed to find out. Mm-hmm. That's when the kids are supposed to find out. Adults, it's pretty easy to figure out. But I just remember my mind being blown and being very sad whenever I found out that it was actually Kenai. But yeah, that whole scene just like broke my heart. Because whenever you disappoint a little kid, that's just the, one of the worst feelings ever, especially if you killed his mom. <laughs> Do you guys want to go ahead and, and take the quiz? Yeah. We never really finished talking about the score. I kind of, we kind of got right. sidetracked. Do you guys have any other thoughts about the score or the soundtrack? I have a I have something to say on that. Um, mm. So, like, going back to Phil Collins and, like, people, like, him being frustrated. Because I think we both watched that same behind-the-scenes video, right? On YouTube. So there was a lot about in there about, about that. Um, basically, there was a lot of rewrites in this movie. Like, they kind of changed a lot as they went. Like, the story wasn't really, like, nailed down. So he ended, Weren't they trying he to... ended up writing songs that, like, kept getting cut out because they kept rewriting the movie. So that's, like, frustrating, <laughs> too. But he did say in the interviews, like, it ended up, you know, the scenes ended up being better and the songs ended up being better. But I think one of the songs ended up on the DVD as as, like, a bonus or whatever so that they could release it. Mm-hmm. But one of the major story changes was instead of Kenai meeting Coda, it was supposed to he's supposed to meet that like big grizzly bear character that's at the end. And that yeah. was he was just supposed to be his friend uh, or something throughout the movie. So that's like what was his name? Tug. Tug. They were trying to I mean, let's not beat around the bush. They were trying to remake Lion King, but with bears at the beginning. That was like their whole thought process that's the whole reason they, they started wanted, working on the movie they made this movie because they wanted to that's the only reason the director decided to direct this movie is because he wanted to specifically animate bears mm-hmm. and um originally so lion king is an animated adaptation of hamlet yeah. and they were originally going to make brother bear an adaptation of king lear <gasps> with the whole like older older tug they're gonna have him be in Coda's place, but they were just like, no, nah, let's just make this an original story and make it actually sound. It, it tracked better to have a, a younger yeah. brother figure than an older with him. So I thought that was interesting. We kind of went back to that. We, we, we covered that about like, he hadn't figured out how to live with that love thing when he mm-hmm. had older brothers. So given the younger brother kind of changed Put his them, perspective. Yes. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting, completely unrelated maybe, but um, like how much, it hurts Kenai to see Danahi chasing him. Uh, where he's like... There's nothing he can do. To yeah, tell he's him. also like... That's not only like had his totem to around his neck. Right, right. He's like, it's not like Danahi to chase after me. Or after like the log bridge falls. Mm-hmm. He tries to like, help him up. He's like screaming in anger. And Kenai's like, can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. You know? You see his eyes wide, like he's actually scared that his brother's going to fall before the log even falls. Right. I picked up on a pun that not many kids would understand. It wasn't really a adult joke, but it is a, you have to be smart as an adult to understand it. Mm. The Rams, when they were 
fighting with each other. He was like, oh, it's goat time, baby. It's goat time. <laughs> it's goat time, baby. Because <laughs> <laughs> of the ram. It's kind of like a goat, but ram, rammer, rammerer. Thought that was hmm. good. It's a good transition into our next segment, which is... We like to sort characters into Hogwarts houses, but instead we thought we'd do something different this episode. So this week we're going to take a spirit animal quiz and see what our results are. Let's find our totem. <laughs> yeah, I think the, I think all the questions are the same in the same order. So I'll read out the questions and we'll take the quiz. Okay. And we'll go from there. All right. So has everyone got it pulled up? Yeah. Yes, sir. All right, question number one. What's your favorite natural element? Choices are air, earth, fire, space, wood, or water. I'm going to go no with... No talking. This is an exam. No, we're talking. This is a podcast. <laughs> Good podcasting. <laughs> you copied my answer. Hey, no, you're cheating, eh? <laughs> I'm going to go with wood. Wood. Because it reminds me of Papa. And this is a very family-oriented movie. I'm going to say air. I went with air as well. What'd you go with? I said wood. Oh, wood? Two woods, two airs. Next question. Let's go to the next question. What's your favorite bionicle? (laughs) (laughs) Matt has some of the best questions. Oh, man. What's your favorite bionicle? (laughs) Mine's Jaller, the toe of life. (laughs) Next question. I tend to be more down to earth than head in the clouds. Shoot, I'm both of those. I'm going to say fairly accurate. How? My head's in the mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's a brown mail, sometimes it's air mail. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm very neutral on these. So. There is no neutral option, so you got to pick one. Yeah. Tend to be more down to earth than head in the clouds. I'll just say somewhat inaccurate because I disagree. <laughs> Y'all got it? Next question. All right. I find it easy to approach others. Oh, I know Jesse's. That's very inaccurate. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Mine as well. That's <laughs> very accurate. I'm also going to put very accurate. I'll put fairly just so we have something different. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to mess up your totem. I already know I'm a Ravenclaw, dude. No training. Yeah. What? Oh, whenever he gets his totem. Oh, he no says, trading. Does anyone want to trade? She goes, no trading. <laughs> no trading. <laughs> I just slapped a pancake to the microphone in case you were wondering. They weren't. Oh. <laughs> All right. Next question. I frequently do things without a specific schedule or plan. Yes. Very accurate. Fairly. Geriatric. <laughs> I'll put fairly. Yeah, I put. Some, I like I, to have a plan. I put somewhat inaccurate. You're definitely a planner. Most of the time. All right. I frequently come up with ideas or solutions out of nowhere. Yes. Out of nowhere. Very accurate. I pull stuff out of my butt all the time. TMI. Let me tell you about talking about your butt on the podcast. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Next question. All right. The more useful I am to others, the happier I am. 
The more useful I am to others, the happier I am. That's fairly accurate. That's a very... I'm going to say very. Hey, if the ladies don't find you handsome, they might as well find you handy. (laughs) So, I'm noticing a trend here. Me and Matt are saying more of the same answers, and you and Jonathan are saying more of the same answers. Is that a direct correlation with you guys being the older brother? I was going to say that kind of as a joke, but I'm not really sure. Who knows? We'll see. Does that mean we're the Qui-Gon right. Jinns of the family? Yes. I'm fine with that. He's my favorite Jedi. He was my favorite. Jar Jar Binks is my favorite Jedi? He's my favorite Sith, excuse you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, next question. I spend a lot of time observing before I act. 100%. Very accurate. Very accurate. That's what? I was going to say that too. Yeah. Next question. I like to be impressive to others. I'd say somewhat inaccurate. Yeah, I, I sometimes enjoy looking disheveled. <laughs> like sometimes I don't. You like licking a shovel? Yeah. Sometimes I'd rather look a little more homeless than the next guy. Huh. See, I take it more as about like ability. Like it, it is kind of nice sometimes to when someone asks a question, you're like, "Yeah, I know the answer to that," and they'd be a little surprised mm-hmm. by that. But it's not like my goal to be an impressive person. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to say something. I like to generally fly under the radar. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I would say very accurate, but I'm scared if I say very accurate, I'll get peacocked. That is not happening. (laughs) So fairly accurate. (laughs) All right. I put fairly accurate for mine. Next question. I'm always looking for new things to experience. Very accurate. How come all these are like very accurate to not... Yeah, the, only the, like the first like, question was like that. There's definitely some like routine that's pretty good. Like, uh, yeah. you know, like a favorite drink at a coffee place. It's like, you know, I'm going to stick to that probably. Like what? <laughs> like the Cubano with Spencer's. Ooh. I yeah. get that every single time. No questions asked. It's like, if there's a new thing, I'll probably try it. But like. Once you find something good... You just got to try new things every once in a while to be reminded of why you don't try new things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I, nobody could put that any clearer. That was, that was perfect. <laughs> You're so philosophical uh, tonight, Jonathan. All right, next question. I, I, don't, I haven't answered I mine yet. <laughs> I'm looking for new things to experience, yes. But you guys made a point, so I, I might... I'm going to put fairly accurate. All right, next question. How would you rather spend your free time? So we've got a few options this time. I'd rather go out. I'd rather go. <laughs> yes. I was actually going to say. I would also enjoy rathering spending time. So the choices we have are I'd rather go outdoors and walk or hike in a park nearby, building something or engaging in a creative activity like arts and crafts, playing video games or watching a movie at home getting together with my friends and have fun going out or reading my favorite book or website in bed or on my couch. Who reads websites? Oh. <laughs> my favorite Amazon comment section. Five pound bag of sugar-free gummy bears. Yeah, <laughs> Pull one of those up and read it. Dude, they're really good. Those are so funny. I'm so torn between all these except the last one. The first and second one, I like... A lot of creative things. Um, See, the reason we started this podcast is because me and Jonathan's favorite hobby is watching movies. 
but I don't know if I want that as my free time. Yeah. See, I just think for myself, whenever I have the free time, I'm almost always going out playing disc golf, and that's the outdoors thing. I don't ever, whenever I have free time, I'm like, oh, I'll just watch a movie. I like plan to watch movies. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm definitely taking notes. <laughs> before we, before all this lockdown went down, I, I went outside and played disc golf like five days in a row. Yeah. Just because I knew I wasn't going to get to. And now here we are. Jesse's a professional <laughs> frother. I wish. <laughs> Not really. I love to be outside and hike, but I also love being creative in the arts and crafts. Mm. This is a hard question. This is, I mean, it's just your totem we're talking about, you know, no pressure. Yeah, no big deal. I'm not going to say free time for creative activities because I want my actual job to be creative. This is a hard one. Answer it in five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one, done. Make a choice. I did the creative I went with watching a movie. For reasons we've discussed, hence starting this podcast. That. Is that the last one? First I think name? you can just hit ignore and see my results. Oh, good. Rats! <laughs> you got a rat? That one's my favorite. No. All right, I'll start since I'm the worst one. <laughs> what it means to be the butterfly. Yes! <laughs> you have, that means you have to carry... A necklace with a butterfly <laughs> on you so for the rest it. of your life. No, I won't get the necklace. I'll just get a tattoo right here on my hand. Somehow that's worse. <laughs> Ooh, there's a link beneath it that says, Shop for <laughs> Butterfly Spirit Animals. Your <laughs> <laughs> it's coming up. Oh, I could get all a tattoo. All right, Jesse, what'd you get? Mm. Uh, I got the deer. <laughs> When you have the deer as a spirit animal, you are highly sensitive and a strong and have a strong intuition. By affinity with this animal, you have the power to deal with challenges with grace. You master the art of being both determined and gentle in your approach. No one has ever called me gentle ever. <laughs> the deer totem wisdom imparts those with a special connection with this animal with the ability to be vigilant, move quickly, and trust their instincts to get out of the trickiest situations. I think you should say a comment. Say you're not very happy with your uh, butterfly. You give it antlers. I'm okay with it. If I get like the antler are you a doe? <laughs> Matt already left a comment down below. It says, "I am nothing like uh, a butterfly." <laughs> dot dot dot. There is another comment. Haley on June 20th, 2019, said, "I'm a butterfly." And that is it. Oh boy. Um. So I don't know how accurate this is, but I'm an owl. Um, the owl spirit animal is emblematic of deep connection with wisdom and intuitive knowledge. When the spirit animal guides you, you can the true reality and see beyond illusion and deceit. That's how it's written. Hmm. You can the true reality. Oh yeah, mine had a similar statement. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm an owl. That's it's not as bad as a butterfly. <laughs> I'm, wor- I'm, I'm working on a very angry comment. <laughs> All right, I just have one thing to say. I like turtles. Yeah, <laughs> I like turtles. We got our uh, little zombie makeup here. Uh, Jonathan, uh, what, how do you feel about today, Jonathan? I like turtles. <laughs> All right, so the turtle totem. Wisdom teaches us about walking our path in peace and sticking to it with determination and serenity. Slow moving on earth, yet also incredibly fast and agile in water. 
Those who have the turtle as totem or spirit animal may be encouraged to take a break in their busy lives and look around within themselves for more grounded, long-lasting solutions. So this brings us to our next segment. Um, We're all going to get tattoos of our spirit totem right now. (laughs) I... Butterfly tramp stamp. (laughs) (laughs) Me and Jonathan have telepathy. Apparently, you can't post comments on the website anymore. But this is what I type. What? Granted, I put a lot of intentional typos that people will never see. I am not a butterfly. What in world? What in world? This must be a large fraud and fake. I'm leaving bad review. Do not trust quiz, please. Please. Maybe I got a wrong answer because I used the lavender essential oils instead of my usual creams. Oh no! <laughs> Peace to my world, butterfly never. Boy. That's great, butterfly never. Boy, <laughs> that's perfect. That's great. So, people will never see that. That was a great quiz. Well, we'll put a link to the to the quiz in the uh, the show notes for people to take it home. Do you do you have a lot to say? Mouthwatering foods, Jeremy. The only foods in this movie that I noticed was grass, berries. Yeah, berries. All I have written down is salmon and salmon. And the berries were salmon berries. I mean, yeah. salmon does look good. That that looks some juicy stuff. I, I would like to point out that if we're talking about like yeah. delicious foods, you got to go to the salmon. That's the clear one. The salmon looks so good. I would love to go to oh, that yeah. famous fish market in uh, Seattle. Yeah. The famous fish market in Seattle. The famous one, yeah. And I would love to have them just throw a fish at me and just try to catch it in your mouth. Could you imagine that? That's a pretty weird fantasy, Jesse. There's this chain of restaurants in uh, southern Missouri called Lambert's. And their thing is, you order an entree and they'll bring the entree, but then they got people on carts that just bring around sides. And you just pick them up whenever you want, as much as you want. Mm -hmm. And they've also got a guy rolling around with a cart full of rolls. Except he doesn't <laughs> hand them to you. You raise your hand and he'll hawk them to you from across the restaurant. Wow. And so that's what it reminded me of. Is You know, just you raise your hand, he'll throw you a roll and you try to catch it in your mouth. It'd be probably close that to sounds you. like a fun job. <laughs> just throw rolls at people. It's pretty neat. <laughs> okay, I'm just scrolling over some weird facts on here. And apparently Seth Green was considered for the role of Kenai. Also, that Arnold so Schwarzenegger. Weird. I did see that one. That one shocked me. <laughs> it's that time again. It's time for critic reviews with Karen. Jonathan, do you have any Karen's critic? Karen, the critic reviews. You know, I think this is the second episode in a row where I couldn't find an act like a very good like Karen review on Common Sense Media. So I went over to Metacritic and I found a pretty interesting review. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this? It took me on a roller coaster ride. All right, here's here's the review for this movie. This movie is delightful, so dark and gloomy. I hated this movie. I was confused throughout the film. It was a pleasure to the eyes and my soul. This movie is faced, paced, boring, idiotic, good, and weird. I don't understand my review. <laughs> I did see this review on Metacritic from LA Weekly. Um, it says, today's street smart movie going kids don't need to be so shamelessly pandered to. It's not very shameless. I mean, I know. Who wrote that? I want pandering, to punch in the face. Maybe with the jokes, but no, yeah, but this the, has got some good messages. 
Yeah, like this is we've talked about this. This is more about the content and less about the jokes. It's not supposed to be a fun. Yeah, they were definitely going for a more serious kind of emotional yeah. tone for the movie. But I did see, I did see a lot of like negative reviews for this. I don't know how. I don't know why this this movie it's, is. It's rated six point eight on IMDb, and it got a forty eight on Metacritic. What about forty eight? That's I think it was even lower on that. Actually, it was like thirty seven. I don't know. I don't remember. That's rough. What about the audience score? People didn't like it because they thought it was a copycat of Brother or of uh, Lion King. And yes, there are some similarities. Well, that's but... why people didn't like Brave because it was a copycat of Brother Bear. <laughs> Brave is irrelevant. Okay. Brave is probably my favorite Pixar movie. I hate you. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> you know how I am with bears. Controversial opinion. How could you say that? Everybody knows Ratatouille is the best one. Okay. <laughs> I'm not Sarah! even joking. You've, rat- you've ratted your last Ratatouille. <laughs> no, I, I love Ratatouille. I watched Wally recently. Wally. Way better than I remember it being. I didn't like that one. Watch it again. Okay, uh, let's move on. What Any lessons learned or takeaways from this movie? Mm-hmm. If you were to write a sermon... Using this uh, movie, what would you, what would you start it out as? I would take it from Danahi's perspective. This is like a rough quote from uh, Prometheus Bound. It says, "Like so, fate has set the scales that at great suffering comes wisdom." And it's like Danahi had to go through like a rough time mm-hmm. to finally like become wise. Like didn't come to him easy. That's pretty applicable, I think. Well, I'm the owl, so I'm already wise. So yeah, I don't need yeah, to learn yeah. that lesson. Right. I'll, I'll skip that. As a Sunday. butterfly, though, it means a lot to me. <laughs> I think if I was going to go for the, like a sermon based off of this, like you were saying, mm-hmm. I would probably go for no greater love is there than for someone to give his life for his friends. Going back to Sitka, mm-hmm. that's super applicable because that's exactly what he did so did uh anyone have any other like takeaways from the movie or anybody could be family even if they're not blood if you choose your family sometimes mm-hmm. yeah um make the best out of your situation that you're in and don't be stubborn yeah obviously like brotherhood is like a theme in the movie mm-hmm. but there's also like forgiveness Redemption, sacrifice, it's all. Yeah. For the end, uh, the importance of like belonging with the group. Because uh, he and I, after he gets into there, struggle with a lot of like individualism. Mm-hmm. Like his goal throughout the entire film is like to put his hand on the wall, like be a part of his people, mm-hmm. to become a ancestor. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys remember the? You guys remember the Happy Meal toys? That came with this. <laughs> Brother Bear Happy Meal toys are the best. Probably top ten Happy Meal toys of all time. Can we get the official ranking on that? They had bionicle yeah. ones. <laughs> they were really boring because you couldn't build them. They were pre-built. Oh, that's stupid. Stuck together. But when Bionicle came out, that's when I stopped getting Legos. I hated Bionicle. <laughs> Dude, wait, I like Bionicles. Wow. It's like, how could you? <laughs> Are you serious? Get out of this house. <laughs> uh, 
So, did they have any Ice Age Bionicles, Matt? <laughs> they had uh, Sid. Sid is a Bionicle. <laughs> he had two separate eyes that went <laughs> on the side. So, Jeremy, do you have any standout quotes from this movie? Yeah, no, uh, no. Sorry, Bear. <laughs> I, I used to say that all the time in class, and people, like, my teacher would be like, do you know the answer to this question? Like, what's four plus four? Do you know that? I was like, yeah, no, uh, no. <laughs> I think my favorite is probably, uh, hey... They're stirring up the water. <laughs> <laughs> the dude with the eyebrow. <laughs> That's one line. <laughs> oh, man. I'm a raging ball of brown fur. Now, my favorite line in the movie, it definitely comes in as a more, one of the more heavy lines. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I know, I know what you're talking about. What? what you should have gotten the tone of pinheads. <laughs> no. Where are you going, pinhead? Right? Speaking of which, Matt, would you trade your butterfly for a pinhead? Yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't? No. Um, pinhead Larry. <laughs> Where are you going, pinhead? <laughs> no, but my favorite quote in the movie, is, it's, it's definitely one of the more serious lines. It's when Denahi looks at, looks at Kenai and says, killing the bear is not going to make you a man. And again, that's that's one of those things that had can I actually listen? The whole movie wouldn't have happened. But that's, I think that's something to keep in mind because sometimes in life we want to just jump head first into things. Mm-hmm. And we got to realize that sometimes that's not the best course of action. Wow. I, I think this is our, that was our first serious quote yeah, on our podcast. <laughs> You're stirring up the water, man. <laughs> Glad I, I like that. I like that though. We should actually think of some serious quotes. In the future, when you said that, that's what I. That's what right. I Usually, we like st- funny lines that we would quote in our in our life. I think everything <laughs> we've reviewed so far has been pretty like lighthearted and comedic. So yeah, I think this is yeah. probably the more serious of of what we've covered so far. Um, I love how um, when the moose are at the end, and one of them they're arguing, and one of them gets really sad, and then. He's like, I love do. I love do too. I love do too, eh? <laughs> that was, that was a cute though. scene. I love do. That's very. That's a very male trait. So you can't. You can't say. <laughs> you can't say I love you, dude. Did you guys cry at all in this movie? No, not this time. I'm sure that at the right time, it definitely would catch me at different points. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jeremy? I cried a little bit. <laughs> uh, when Kenai's telling Coda about his mom at the end and the whole song comes on and it was game over for me. I don't know, it was such a sad scene and then seeing Coda's face and then him saying, I don't like this story. Just playing with your emotions. Oh, yeah, man. they're they're really going for it at the end. They're they're really trying to get you to pull at your heartstrings. It's, it's a doozy. Really kicks my heart in the butt. (laughs) (laughs) Really kicks my heart in the butt. (laughs) I have to say, I like never quote this movie in my life. I was trying to think of anything. This isn't one that I've like really remember a whole lot from. The only thing I remember is I remember liking the Rut and Toot characters a lot. 
and like everything they say is mm-hmm. is pretty funny. That's what a lot of the critics were mad about is how simple their jokes were, but it doesn't matter. It was, it's part of it. Still funny. I mean, it it was good enough to like bring Rick Moranis out of like retirement. See, like, yeah, he like retired from acting in like the mid '90s to like raise his kids, but like he mm-hmm. like came back to do like the voice in this and Brother Bear too. I think the quote that I hear most in my head is, "Well, you're one big beaver." <laughs> oh yeah, you're, I'm not a bear. The trailer, so not just you have to see the movie. If you see any, movie that's when he was like in, the in denial that he was a bear. He's like, I'm not a bear. Oh, you're one big beaver. <laughs> In that case, I'm a yeah. I'm a, I'm a squirrel. I'm a squirrel. I think of the uh, you're crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You still use that one. Crazy. <laughs> Over there. <laughs> no, I I definitely say the elongated yeah no uh, no in a Canadian accent all the time. We haven't really touched on this at all, but the animation in this movie is just beautiful. Oh, it's art. It's I think it's, the, uh, it's a Bob Ross painting like of a movie. Painting. The painting backgrounds are really, really cool. The yeah. landscape is and good. It's like, I feel like the animals are pretty basic. I'll give you that, yeah. The landscape is good. The setting is good. But that's just because it's, I mean, that's the one up it has on Lion King. It's because Africa's For not sure. all that good looking. Yeah. Compared to the- <laughs> you went too far that time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as pretty in Lion King as it is in Brother Bear. Oh, yeah. Overall, yeah, I mean. Even the use of color is just more full than it was in Lion King. Lion King was just very orange. I don't know if y'all really noticed. I mean, it's pretty easy to figure out, but um, all of their their looks as humans made them look like their animal, sort of. Like, Kenai had a big head, big round head that made him look like a bear. And even his jacket that he was wearing when he was transformed, it still looked like he was wearing his jacket, like his hood yeah. around his neck. Um, either that or Kenai just had a lot of neck fat. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Sitka even looked like an eagle with his slick back hair. He looked like Sam the Eagle from the Muppets. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't know what and Zanahi's totem was, do we? He was a wolf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wolf of courage and wisdom. Also, can I just throw out there... And he looked rugged like a wolf, too. So When you uh, are on the Brother Bear Wikia... The cursor turns into a bear paw. What? Going on there right now. Uh, okay, well, so thanks guys for coming on our coming on this week and being our first ever guests. Um, next week, this was my turn. So next week, Jonathan, it's your turn to choose the movie. Can you give us a hint and see if they can guess? Yes. So I've got a question for you all. What do Bill Murray? Newman from Seinfeld and Charles Barkley have in common. I know exactly what this is. Do you guys know? Oh yeah, as soon as he said Phineas and Ferb Star Wars. (laughs) Bionicles 3? Web of Shadows? Continental Drift. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, I'm excited for this one now. Shoot. Okay, well, where can we find you guys? You can find us on iTunes and Spotify under the Secret Language Podcast. And also on Instagram at the secret language period. What about you, Ezra? You want to plug that? Uh, I make music on Spotify. 
Ezra Glenn. Ezra Glenn. Is that your middle name, Ezra? Or Glenn? Glenn. Glenn? Where does Ezra come from? Ooh, uh, it means help. All right, well, our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman. He's a really good friend of ours. He's really talented. Um, go ahead and check out his Instagram page at Captain Cool Guy, as in Crunch Tisman Captain. And you can find us on Instagram at Inside Quotes Cast. And be sure to leave us a message there. I can always say leave us a message. Leave us a message at the tone. At the tone. <laughs> and uh, also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave us a review. We'd love to hear the feedback from you. Yeah. Until next week, guys. Stay sweet, brothers. 